0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bears were never going to fire their head coach three games into the season, even after an embarrassing loss to the Cleveland Browns. But that doesn't mean the seat is not getting hot under Matt Nagy, and the public pressure has grown to a point now I don't think it's ever been in his career as Bears head coach, this is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Lockdown Bears on Facebook, join the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more great Bears talk, plus make sure you're subscribed to the Locked on Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. I want to thank everyone who helps make Lockdown Bears your first listen every single day. It's my pleasure to bring you that daily Bears talk right in your ears. And on today, we are talking about head coach Matt Nagy. He was able to watch the film and share some of his thoughts on what happened against the Cleveland Browns, he's certainly not sugarcoating everything or pretending things are totally fine, but we'll kind of go through some of the things he said about what went wrong and who's to blame and where you can kind of distribute that blame and also then how the Bears are trying to move forward from this. You know, not, not acting like the whole sky is falling from one bad game, but acknowledging that a lot needs to improve from here on out or else the sky will be falling very, very quickly with a tough slate of games coming up here on the Bears' schedule. But I want to start specifically with a set of quotes from Matt Nagy that he said Monday morning that just stuck with me, and I, I haven't been able to shake it. Exactly. The more you think about it, the more I go back through it. It's just, it just, it drives me up the wall. Really is really what it is. And I, I don't want to totally give it away, but it just it's a frustration point for me that I think really hits at some of the the big picture here of of what's going on and what's been the problem, or what was the problem against the Browns, and, and why there is still a problem here with this quarterback plan from the start.
1: Matt, you, you said there were some things the Browns weren't going to let Justin do when it came to getting him outside the pocket, away from the rush. But why does the defense dictate what you do offensively, especially in that situation? Because that's like his strongest suit. Sure, He runs a 4-4-40. He throws well on the run. He throws well. Uh, why, why is it easier said than done to just get them out get them out there and put and stress the defense and and put put the defense on its heels yeah no, there's there's some times that you that you can whether uh, it's through scheme or whether you have a certain player out there that's playing in a certain way and um, they had a few times where um, they did have the edge where we weren't able to get the edge a few times and so there's other times where you got to go to something else whatever that is and that's our job as coaches to make sure that we do that and um, that's where I think too like uh, as we go through this, we learn too some of that stuff, you know, with how teams are going to try to attack Justin, and so knowing that now, we got to be able to, to counter, and that's what we'll do.
0: Matt, in, in a general sense, I know you, I hope this isn't a scheme thing,
1: but is it fair to say you might be more aggressive in that in that regard going forward? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I think right now that we're we're doing up there in up in the office right now that that guys are looking at that. You know, we got together early this morning and you start really talking through um, how things went yesterday. And there's some things that, that you learn as you go through this. And, and now when you learn that, what do you do that's different or what do you do that's the same? And is, is what you're saying, is that a part of it? Well, yes, it can be, uh, whether it's shots or whether it's scheming up different ways to, to get the ball downfield. Uh, and that's just all that does get into a little bit of scheme.
0: Surface level there. Yes, you make mistakes, you learn, you get better from them. Sure, there's nothing, you know, wrong with that. And that then, of course, you want your head coach to grow and learn from mistakes. But the key thing that really stood out for me there is is just the fact that they're having to learn as they go along here. Like, this is year four of Matt Nagy running this Bears team. And this coaching staff is full of veteran offensive coaches, quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, offensive line coaches, coaches that have been around the NFL for a long time. And you're telling me you had to learn how the Browns were going to play your rookie quarterback? You weren't sure how they were going to defend a rookie in his first start. You Did not Did you not anticipate that they were going to blitz him, bring a lot of pressure, and disguise coverages to try and mix things up and show him some looks that he hadn't seen before? Like, Of course, the Browns didn't come up with some brand-new strategy for trying to disrupt the rookie quarterback. Obviously, their players deserve credit for playing really well, but like, how, how are we still learning this four years in? How, how have we not figured out how this process is supposed to go? Was that the, not the whole reason they hired Matt Nagy to be their head coach four years ago, was to develop young quarterbacks and be innovative offensively in coordination with developing that young quarterback it was Mitch at the time but it was the idea that even if it wasn't going to be Mitch it would be the next quarterback and it would be Justin Fields like this is why Matt Nagy was selected as your head coach and now we're three games into this quarterback plan that they've got a plan for everything they got a plan for how this is going to go and if Dalton gets hurt they've got a plan for that they've got contingencies you know they've got they got they've gone through scenarios and yet we get in this scenario and it's like ah well we're still learning we're learning as we go along here and we're gonna figure it out when when are you going to figure it out? You're supposed to have figured it out four years ago. you were supposed to have it figured out when this team hired you. And I just, I can't fathom that, oh, well, we're, we're learning. We're figuring out what we did wrong in learning. When When everyone is sitting on their couch at home and can at least come up with ideas of things they could have gone differently, things they could have tried differently earlier in that game. Not that there is a perfect strategy that would have instantly fixed all the Bears' problems on Sunday, but... You're an NFL head coach. You're expected to figure it out and to know it ahead of time and not be figuring it out as you go along. Justin Fields is the one who's learning. Justin Fields is the one who's supposed to be learning. But if Justin Fields is learning from coaches who are also then learning as they go along, what is Justin Fields learning? What exactly is he learning? Is, is he learning what he's supposed to be learning? What, I mean, what are we doing here? That's what I haven't been able to just I I can't get over that quote of just we're still learning this is no he's supposed to be learning from you you're not supposed to be learning together at the same time it just it absolutely blows my mind how we can be at this stage and it just it speaks so much to the frustration and all of the questions we have about this quarterback plan and about this coaching staff being the right coaching staff to develop Justin Fields that's the sort of emotional response, the, the, the visceral sort of feeling that comes out of the press conference. But I, I want to put that aside and go through a little bit more of some, okay, on the field, what went wrong, what was happening, what was breaking things down. And Matt Aggie was able to kind of take a level-headed approach to that, too. We'll, we'll sort of hear his explanation and compare that to what we saw on the field with our eye test next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, listen up. There is a great new app that everyone who buys gas Needs to know about. It's called Get Upside, and listeners of this podcast can get up to twenty five cents per gallon every time you fill up at the tank. You just download the Get Upside app and enter the promo code Touchdown. That Touchdown promo code can give you an extra twenty five cents on your first fill up to get you up to fifty cents per gallon when you fill up that first tank of gas. There's no catch. It's super easy to use. You just have the money added directly to your account, and then you can cash out anytime. You connect it directly to your bank account, simple enough, or if you'd rather go through PayPal, or they'll even put it out through like e-gift cards to Amazon and other brands. And some people who use the Get Upside app and drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back just for filling up their tank. With gas prices as high as they are right now, this is not an opportunity you can afford to miss. So go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Get Upside app, and enter our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank. Curious to see how the... Betting line this week changes for the Bears Lions game once we figure out exactly who's going to be starting at quarterback for Chicago injuries really just kind of the question there with Fields hands or Andy Dalton's uh, show, uh, Andy Dalton's knee injury excuse me from last week but right now the Bears are three and a half point favorites at home at BetOnline.ag they were not able to overcome a seven and a half point spread last week against the Browns but the Lions not quite Cleveland and if you want to get some extra action in on this game. BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. They've got all the updated props, contests, spreads, money line, over, under, you name it. They've got it not only for pro football, but college football, soccer, tennis, golf, baseball, boxing, you name it. They have it at BetOnline.ag. When you sign up, make sure you enter our promo code NFL100 to receive a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit dollar for dollar to give you double the money to play with at BetOnline.ag your online sportsbook experts. So it's easy to put all of the blame on Matt Nagy. And certainly Matt Nagy deserves a lot of the blame because he is the head coach and he is the one who controls everything. I mean, the buck stops with him and he should be kind of the one in the spotlight. But of course, players made mistakes too. Justin Fields played poorly. The offensive line played poorly. And maybe receivers, we haven't gotten the All-22 tape yet to so know how well receivers were getting open. I don't tend to think they were a very significant factor in this game. But, you know, the center has to make the protections, and sometimes those were wrong. And that's, Matt Nagy can only do so much to get the players to do what they're supposed to do. This is not absolving the blame from Matt Nagy, just more, more to say all, there are multiple factors that go into a game like this and a performance like this that do extend in addition to what the head coach has some control over and I did think Matt Nagy did a pretty good job of sort of explaining how or what those main factors are and how they can kind of intertwine a little bit or at least how those sort of balance throughout the game the thing I end up taking away a little bit more from this is just that overall it does all then in total reflect on your head coach.
1: There's a combination um, with these plays that go into it. it sometimes it can be a breakdown in protection. Sometimes it can be the ball's not out on time. Sometimes it can be good coverage by the defense. So, uh, or sometimes it can be a bad play call, right? So there's four things that it could be. And when you go through the game, there was probably a combination of all of that at some point in time yesterday. So um, that's where we're all going to see, for a young quarterback having his first start, there's going to be looks that defensive coordinators present that might be a little bit – they might disguise some things. Uh, we knew that going into it. Justin knows that. But now you got to do it real, right, going through it. So some of those, uh, as we go through the tape, you'll see that. There will be other times where there was nothing he could do. You know, they just they made a play uh, or we had an error, and that's the coachable part of it. That's the side where you got our coaches upstairs right now going through that, and we'll break it down with them and try to fix it. Uh, and then there's other times, too, where it's a bad play call and the, the, the right play call was not made and they made a good play on defense with their coverage, and no one's open, you know, and then it's either a a coverage sack um, or whatnot. But all that said, for the sacks that he had, what I was really, you know, probably uh, proud of the most from Justin was the way he handled all of that because it's easy to get frustrated and all of a sudden be taken out of the game. Not one time did he ever get frustrated, angry, or upset on the sideline. He's tough mentally and physically. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that he's going to learn from that game, and uh, you know we talked last night, and I, I just think it's it's really good, healthy conversations, and and it's about a plan moving forward. And because of your your plan ideally had been to have Andy Dalton mm-hmm. start, was was Justin Fields less ready to start this game than you even thought? No, it would be? no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, again, I I love his preparation. I think he had. Um, he, he learned a lot through the week of practice that we had. He got better every day. And, and again, um, one of the things that, that we talked about for him moving through this process that he's going to go through is there are going to be highs and lows. Now, that was a, that was a, a, low, a, a really low uh, deal there. So we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to put him in situations to where he's having success. And I think Justin's positivity, Justin's determination to be great, uh, he'll be able to bounce back from something like this because of all the things I've already said.
0: So I will say I think one thing Matt Nagy is actually very good at, and this is actually positive. This is not even like a sarcastic thing, that he's very good at protecting his players in, in very real, positive ways. That I think on the outside, sometimes to us, it can feel like a lack of accountability. But I don't. You can argue whether or not public accountability is super necessary. More private accountability on the team is what's very fair to question maybe when some guys aren't benched when they play poorly or, you know, some coaches continue to keep their jobs or whatever. I mean, that's that's a different argument than Matt Nagy needing to come out to the media and say, yeah, Jason Peters sucked or Jermaine Affetti sucked or Justin Fields sucked or what, I mean, whatever you w- would expect him to say. But he does a good job there of, saying, of basically saying, like, everyone deserves blame there. But being specific enough about, like, yes, uh, the quarterback missed some throws and maybe his timing was off and just you know, there were rookie problems in there that, yes, the play call was a problem. Although I I, I caught the wording that he used there where he said the, something about, like, the the play call wasn't great. It wasn't I made the wrong play call, but the play call that was made was wrong. It was kind of one of these weird, like, passive voice kind of things, like, which maybe that's being too nitpicky. Probably, he probably didn't think that much about the word he was saying there. and wasn't intentionally deflecting blame from himself, but he more like he blamed the play call in that wording and not... Blaming himself, I'm not going to get hung up on that, but it's just something to tuck away in the, in the back of your mind if, if moving forward as, as that sort of thing moves forward. But, of course, the offensive line, you know, he's not going to say the offensive line was great, but he's not going to throw them under the bus completely and say it was all their fault, you know. There, so there's there are sort of a combination of things there in addition to the defense doing things at a high level. But I think the bigger picture, the bigger point that stands out for me is that it was always one or the other happening, seemingly every single play. It was It was always one of them. And it didn't seem like there were very many plays where, none of them went wrong and that for me is such a such a reflection on the head coach there that you know that you know you don't you don't blame the offensive line individually you don't blame the quarterback individually but when when there's always somebody messing up then that reflects on the leadership and the, the people that assembled the team the people that lead the team people that direct the team the people that coach the team right and that's that's the problem right so it's not just Nagy as a play caller but in this game it was, it was their entire game plan, their entire leadership structure to not be able to keep the offensive line from false starting on third and short and to keep the protections proper, to make sure that Sam Mustafer knows what protections to make and to pick up the blitzers off the edge and to anticipate the blitzers and to have your quarterback prepared to anticipate the blitzers and your quarterback prepared to get rid of the passes quicker, in addition to not doing some of the rollouts and not doing some of the you know like running back screens, the moving pockets, some of the different things that we would have wanted to see in order to put this quarterback in the best position to be successful, so the problem is that then there is no one thing you can focus on fixing and say, like, "Well, you know, you just you bench Jermaine Effetti or I don't know, you bench even even you put a different quarterback in there. Even if say you say, "All right, Justin, we're going to sit you down," that doesn't solve like three or four of those other problems. That's that's the bigger issue here, right? It's as much as you can say it's like, "Well, yeah, it's not really one big thing, and it's all sort of fixable." The fact that it's all need, needs fixing at the same time is the problem. It's not just, it'd be one thing if it was like, okay, rookie quarterback had a bad game and that cost everybody else. You can feel better about how that might progress over time. Or even the offensive line, you can feel like, okay, offensive line had a bad game, but game plan was there, the scheme was there, the quarterbacking was there, or whatever, or the running game was, was there. You know what I mean? It, it was everything at the same time. And that that snowball effect is the very core of, of why it felt so critical, why it felt so... Almost like rock bottom, why it felt so historically bad for this Bears offense. It is that combination of factors. So it's both it can be both a good thing and a bad thing that the the blame can be spread around and it just it, it all ends up reflecting kind of poorly on the head coach. And all that matters from here then is what they do about it, how they respond and, and where they try and make some of those changes and, and where they look to see progress moving forward. We'll hear from Matt Nagy a little bit about what they intend to do and, and how they're trying to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror. Next on Locked On Bears. It's a problem when you have so many different moving parts going wrong on this offense, but if, you, if you're tired of parts going wrong and you want parts to be right, you got to check out our friends at rockauto.com. They're an online business that have been serving customers as a family business for over 20 years. They got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle. From the difficult stuff of fuel pump assembly and engine control modules to simple stuff like brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even just new carpet. Whatever it is, rockauto.com has it with a huge catalog, but surprisingly easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model, and boom, it pulls up all the different parts available for your vehicle. And you can sort between the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And those prices stand out to me because you might not know that a lot of the chain part stores in your town they'll have a different price tier if you're a professional mechanic versus a do-it-yourselfer like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same part somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, fill out their box that says, how did you hear about us? And write in the words locked on. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com I'm willing to compartmentalize a little bit the bad game against the Cleveland Browns as one bad game against one really good team and that generally speaking, it shouldn't be that bad moving forward. And then yes, it was Justin Fields' first start and there are some challenges that come with that. I'm willing to give something there. I think Matt Nagy has lost most of the overall benefit of the doubt from Bears fans. I mean, if you look at the comments on any social media page of anything the Chicago Bears post, it's fire Matt Nagy over and over and over again. And I think at this point, some some pretty strong justification for that, given just how things have gone this season and the previous, really, what, three seasons since 2018. But there's always opportunity for growth and change. And we have seen coaches and players change and grow over time. And even last halfway through last season, when they did switch to Bill Lazor, the offense turned around and felt like they turned a corner and found some new things. And there was this newfound propensity for growth and learning from this coaching staff that gave us some hope that maybe things could be different in 2021. Now, clearly it hasn't gotten to that point yet, but maybe it's evidence that we could still get there again. That, you know, it took what six losing games in a row last year before Nagy finally made that change. Clearly not ready to make that change now, but could you get to that point again this season? I mean, you, you hope not, but if that's what it takes and then, turn things around and Fields starts looking promising, that's kind of all we've been looking for this season. It's just, you know, we know this team isn't built to win a Super Bowl right now with the, the talent they had to shed this past season. So just, you know, show us some promise with Justin Fields and make us excited about the future of this franchise's quarterback. That's that's sort of what we're looking for. But it starts with being able to evaluate themselves and be critical of themselves and, and know when those changes need to be made. And Matt Nagy keeps saying, like he has said last year, that all options are on the table, but it's a question, I guess, of whether we truly expect that change will come. I mean, here's how Matt Nagy says they're going to handle it. Matt, this isn't the first time you talked about, you know, having
1: an evaluation process. There have been several times throughout your coaching career yeah. the offense has stalled. Yeah. How would this process differ from those? Um, I don't know. We'll see. For, for me... Uh, what I think we, we realize and understand is is that yesterday um, you, you, you can't have that. We understand that it's common sense. Uh, yesterday was 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 frustrating in a lot of different levels, and, and I say that uh, you know not for one particular person or two or three, but it's just across the board. I mean that was a that was that was hard, and um, so anytime that happens, like Adam just asked, how are the 18 hours? There, it's not fun because of the care that that we all have for this, and and the want that we have to be great. So um, if you you know you, you are honest with yourself, you're honest with your players, and sometimes there's tough conversations, right? And I, I do feel like for me, one of my greatest strengths is being able to be honest with coaches and players. And if I think somebody's not not uh because i can accept it too like they'll tell you if i think a coach isn't being um you know it needs to be better i'll tell them that if i think that uh, a player needs to be better i'll tell them that but then they also know it's reciprocated like they can do that with me too because there's a, a trust there so that's kind of where we're at and then in the end it's about finding the solutions and not not being negative about it but saying okay here we're We got a big division game coming up here right now at one and two division games. You got to win at home and you got to win your division games. So um, we got to rebound and that's going to be now our challenge for week four.
0: I don't doubt that Matt Nagy has got likely a lot more honest with his players behind closed doors than he is about them with the media. And again, like we talked about a little bit earlier, protecting them and and there's not really a, a huge benefit to airing that out publicly and leaving those things behind closed doors. I'm sure that's Probably a positive thing for the team in terms of trust and morale, but I, I really I question a little bit the one of the later things Nagy said in there, where he said he can be honest with his guys because he knows they can be honest with him, and maybe he thinks they think they can be honest with him, but that's a really tough thing to develop in a culture and in a leadership to where guys feel empowered to be truly honest with their boss. I mean, you listen to this podcast. Do you, do you feel like you could truly be honest with your boss? If he wasn't doing a, he or she wasn't doing a good job. I say he, because it's Matt Nagy in this case, but in your work situation, or if you're, if you're in a supervisory role, do you think your employees truly feel like they could be honest with you and tell you that you are not doing your job properly or that you're not doing a good job? It's, it seems extremely rare, and maybe the culture in a football locker room is is different enough from workplaces. I, I mean, I don't always like to make that one-to-one workplace that you know, a cubicle is in an office compared to a locker room in football is, is a very different dynamic, but I, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, the, the coach-player dynamic is much more like, it seems much wider sometimes than even just like boss and worker because you know I mean, the coach is like, you're not supposed to question the coach. Even Justin Fields said that. In, in the preseason, you know, when he was asked like about the Bears quarterback plan and whether he was happy about it, he said, well, it's not my job to be happy about it. It's my job to do what coach tells me. So then is there that? Is there truly that feeling then that the players or, or the coaches can be honest with Matt Nagy about things not going well? I mean, it seemed like it took Mitch Trubisky a while to really have that input. Was it not like two thousand? Was it late 2019 or was it in 2020 where Mitch said, you know, he's finally started speaking up a little bit more at team meetings? Like it took three years for three or four years for, albeit a rookie to come in. You don't want to be the rookie that comes in and thinks you know everything and want to put challenge things. But I just wonder even among the coaching staff, you know, if you're Bill Lazor, can you go to Matt and say, hey, dude, I don't think you're calling plays very well. You should give it back to me. You know, is that is that going to go over very well? It's clearly something happened last year to make that change. But did that change come from, the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator coming to Nat, Matt and saying, hey, dude, give it up? Or did it come from Matt saying, you know what? I'm out of options. Let me voluntarily relinquish it. The second one there seems more likely to me. And it just, it's, I don't know, it seems like when Matt Nagy talks all the time about collaboration and how everyone's on the same page, that could be evidence of a lot of yes men. And not that, not that that's a knock on any of the coaches that they have. I mean, that's it, just a, a natural dynamic. You generally kind of want to please your boss because he's your boss and he's in charge and he controls your paycheck and can fire you, right? I mean, of course, you're, you're, you're generally going to want to be agreeable with him and not not push back and disagree with him. And especially when, you know, everything's hitting rock bottom, everyone's going to be a little bit more on edge and you definitely don't want to tick him off then, right? I mean, that's he's already going to be upset. So, like, it's, that's where I, as much as Nagy talks about this culture and maybe he truly believes that he has that among his coaching staff, it's, I find it a little bit harder to believe, and we don't know. We're we're not in those conversations. We don't know on the outside, and maybe I'm unfairly, you know, guessing that maybe that culture isn't as pristine and open and truly honest and communicative as Nagy thinks it is. It just seems unlikely, I guess, the way that egos work in the NFL and the way coaching staffs have worked and the way that, you know, you hear stories of divides in locker rooms and coaching staffs when things go poorly, and just especially given how things have gone for the Bears – does, I don't know. I, I'm I'm skeptical. Let's put it that way. I'm not accusing. I'm just, I'm skeptical of whether or not they can truly have those open and honest conversations and whether they're actually being honest if they do have those conversations. And that's the kind of thing that can stunt your growth and development as a team and can keep you from learning as much from your mistakes as you need to and can, can't, will keep you from not repeating them or will lead you to repeat them more and more and leave you in some of these same problems that the bears are at. So there's a turning point opportunity here. There's an opportunity for growth. There's an opportunity to get things right with Justin Fields, help the offensive line and maybe put together a decent bears offense with the most talented quarterback this city has seen in quite some time. Recent history suggests we won't see a miraculous turnaround just yet right away, but anything can happen with Justin Fields. And I think there's still a reason to hold out some kind of hope there and, 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 Hey, there's a lot of season left and one game against the Browns has not doomed absolutely everything else that we're going to see from here on out. So we'll keep a close eye on it. We'll we'll break it all down for you as it comes along right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen Every single day. It's why we're here for you five days a week, whether it's on podcast platforms for free and available on all of them or on the Locked on Bears YouTube channel. Really appreciate everyone who's been watching the videos as well and seeing me do the podcast in addition to listening to it. Really appreciate all the great conversation we've had going in the Locked on Bears Facebook group lately as well. Things have been really picking back up as everyone's fired up about Justin Fields. So shout out to all you guys out there joining in the conversation. I think it just helps make this podcast a little bit more enjoyable, creates a little community around this podcast and this team. And more than anything else, I think it makes it easier to bear down.